So in our text this morning, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees, and the Pharisees were well known for sort of having this sort of attitude, that I can do it better than them. And, but they don't really ever directly say it. It's implied in their attitude and in the way that they speak. If you go back two weeks ago when, when Pastor Eric from Fieldstone was here, Jesus had just healed a man at the Pool of Siloam, and he's talking to the Pharisees, and he gives the I am statement of I am the gate or the door for the sheep. Yet that is not the only I am statement he makes in that passage. Just a verse later, verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. In those five simple words, Jesus is communicating a lot to the Pharisees and to us this morning. And so what I want us to do this morning is I want us to look at not just who the good shepherd is, of, but what qualifies someone to be the good shepherd. What, what qualities of the good shepherd is Jesus trying to communicate? What does a good shepherd do? But before we do that, I, it's important that we not miss the context into which Jesus is speaking. He is not pulling out the imagery of a shepherd out of thin air. In, in fact, he is referencing directly back to Ezekiel chapter 34, and it's very easy to miss. In fact, I gave a message on this text two years ago to high school students at the chapel, and I missed this connection to Ezekiel back then, but it is so important. So I want us to go back and read it together in Ezekiel chapter 34, and you will begin to see some of the connections to what Jesus said in John chapter 10. Ezekiel through, God through Ezekiel says this, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to you, shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, you clothe yourselves with the wool, and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak, or healed the sick, or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays, or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth, and no one searched or looked for them. Ezekiel is prophesying against the bad shepherds of Israel. And if you read the Old Testament, you will find a lot of bad shepherds in the history of Israel. These are the hired hands that Jesus is talking about. And against this backdrop, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. So what is the good shepherd? What qualities does the good shepherd have? Why does it matter to us? I have four points this morning that I think will help us get a better picture of what the good shepherd does and who this good shepherd is. The first thing we see is that the good shepherd leads. The good shepherd leads. To jump a little uh, further back in John chapter 10, this is the text that two weeks ago uh, Pastor Eric read. He's, Jesus says this, The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. 
The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Now, when we think of shepherding in 2023, although it's not as commonplace as it was back then, we think of sheepdogs. Sheepdogs corralling the sheep from behind. You can Google YouTube a video of this, and you'll see the sheepdog is kind of running around the backside of the sheep to force the sheep where it needs to go. These sheepdogs, although they care for the sheep, they, they will care for the sheep, they are actually practicing something called uh, modified predatory behavior. In other words, the sheepdogs are meant to act like a predator. And so the sheep are running away from the sheepdog because they think it's a predator. And so the sheepdogs are corralling the sheep out of this sense of fear. But that's not the way shepherds acted and led in the ancient Near East. Shepherds led from the front. They call out their sheep using whistles or sounds, and, and the sheep follow them, sometimes often in a singular line, and the shepherd moves in front of the sheep, guiding them, leading them from the front. It's a different picture of what we think of as shepherds. And Jesus, the good shepherd, leads his sheep he leads from the front, guiding, providing the path forward. Just like how the sheep, all they need to do is keep their eye on the shepherd, and they will stay with the shepherd, going down the pathway that the shepherd wants to lead them. The sh Jesus' sheep just need to keep their eyes focused on him. The sheep don't need to wonder or be confused on where they're going. They just look to the shepherd, and they follow his guidance. Contrast this with Ezekiel chapter 34, and it's a different picture. Woe to you, shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? They were scattered because there was no shepherd. These hired hands were not leading from the front. They left the sheep scattered all about. There was no leading. There was no keeping their eye on the shepherd. Which shepherd would you want to be leading you? The hired hand that leaves you scattered? Or the good shepherd that goes before us, that leads us? As the Psalm 23 says, beside still waters into comfort. The second thing we see is that the good shepherd protects. The good shepherd protects. John 10 chapter, or John 10 verse 12. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Being a shepherd is not an easy job. It's tiring, it's dirty. But it can also be a dangerous job in Jesus' time. But their job was to protect the sheep. And they did this in two ways. They protected the sheep from themselves, but they also protected the sheep from predators. 
And they had two tools in their arsenal to, to protect the sheep. The first is the staff. This is what we think of when we think of a shepherd, right? The long pole with the hook at the end. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just think of a candy cane. This tool was used to protect the sheep from themselves. It was a tool that they used to pull the sheep back into line or pull them out of ravines or thorn bushes. You see, sheep were fickle sometimes, and they'd get easily distracted and wander away from following the leadership of the shepherd. And if the shepherd caught the sheep wandering quick enough, he could just reach out with the staff and pull the sheep back into line. But sometimes the sheep would just wander off for a while and might get stuck in a ravine or in thorns. And the shepherd would have to go leave and find the sheep and, and often would pull the sheep up with the staff. It was It was a tool to protect the sheep from wandering, but it was also a tool to protect them if they got trapped and lost. The rod was the other tool, and in my opinion, the cooler of the two, but we don't think much about the rod. The rod was a blunt force object. Think of a baseball bat or a club, and it was an offensive weapon. It was used to protect the sheep against predators. The most common predators for sheep were wolves, bears, and even lions. We often don't think that lions were in and around Jerusalem. They were. It's pretty cool. But they would use this rod to protect the sheep. In fact, David, maybe, maybe the most famous shepherd in the Old Testament, says this in 1 Samuel 17, right as he is about to face Goliath, he says this, I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I love the way that that translation says it. It's graphic, but it's a picture of the shepherd's protecting role to the sheep. Why do sheep need protection, though? Well, have, you, have you seen sheep? Have you been to Kelkenberg Farms lately and seen a sheep? They are not vicious animals. They do not have a lot of predatory behavior. In fact, their greatest defense mechanism is what? Their wool, their coat. What is a sheep going to do to a lion? Cuddle it to death? No, sheep have no protection. They have no power against the predators. They need somebody to protect them from their enemies because they're powerless against it. The shepherd's role was to protect the sheep as well as lead. And when we contrast this with what we read in Ezekiel, we see the exact opposite happening. Look again. Shepherds should not, should not shepherds take care of the flock. You eat the curds, you clothe yourselves with the wool and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. Does that sound like shepherds who are protecting? No, it sounds like shepherds who are using the sheep for their own gain eating the curds, clothing yourselves with the wool. 
They're not protecting the sheep in any way. Why? Because they're hired hands. They don't care. They're in it for the paycheck. But the good shepherd protects his sheep because he recognizes that the sheep have no power to protect themselves. Their enemy has all the power. They're defenseless. You and I are the sheep, and we are powerless against our enemy. We are powerless against the schemes of the enemy and against sin. We are like a sheep in front of a lion. Sin will destroy us every time. Thank God we have a good shepherd who protects us, protects us from the enemy. Thirdly, we see that the good shepherd sacrifices. The good shepherd leads, the good shepherd protects, and the good shepherd sacrifices. And now we get to the point that sounds maybe a little crazy. But John, Jesus in John 10 says it four times, but two, two times I want to highlight is here. John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And John 10, 15 says, I lay down my life for the sheep. It's very clear. But if we look back to Ezekiel, we don't see that. We see shepherds using the sheep, eating the curds, clothing yourselves, and slaughtering the choice animals. In fact, the shepherds in Ezekiel aren't sacrificing for the sheep. They are sacrificing the sheep. The sheep are not important to them. The good shepherd does not just risk his life for the sheep against his enemies. He lays it down. Not only does he put his life in danger, he lays it down. And it is intentional. This is not an example of the shepherd getting into a tussle with the lion and, whoopsies, I lost my footing and now the lion's torn my arm off. No, no, no. This is the shepherd saying, I'm just going to lay my life down. I'm going to sacrifice myself for the sheep. It is intentional. And that word for is hugely important when Jesus says he lays down his life for the sheep. When you do something for someone, it is in place of them. When I mow my neighbor's lawn for them, I am doing it in place of my neighbor. Jesus laying down his life for the sheep is in place of the sheep. Shepherd says, I will defeat this line and I will lay my life down so you don't have to. Good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep because the sheep are in danger. Mortal danger. They are standing in front of a lion and all that is looking them in the face is death. And the shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. in their defense, in their stead, he gives his life over. But you might say, yeah, that's great, but now the sheep are alive and they don't have a shepherd, except for what Jesus says in verse 17 in John 10. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. 
No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. I love how John Piper says this. He says, The story doesn't end with a mangled shepherd lying dead among three dead wolves and sheep scattered, thirsting and starving in the desert. It's not how the story ends. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the lives of the sheep, but he has the authority, the power to take that life back up again. Jesus is not dead. The story does not end on the cross. In just a few weeks, we are celebrating that truth, that Jesus is alive. The good shepherd is not dead. He is alive. And our good shepherd sacrifices his life for us so that we may walk free from the enemy, free from sin and death, free to live, as Eric talked about two weeks ago, free to live in the abundant life. And that sacrifice was not coercion, It was not done begrudgingly. The shepherd willingly laid his life down. Joyfully says, I will go and lay my life down for the sheep. I will be the sacrifice that these sheep need. This was not the father saying to the son, would you please go do this for us? Would you do it for us? No, no, no. This wasn't some sort of deal that the Father and the Son made. Jesus goes, I'll go, I'll, I'll go, I'll die in their place. I will do it, and I will do it with joy because it brings honor and glory to my Father. We see this in Ezekiel later on, 34. After God, through Ezekiel, has now Now, completely criticized, rightfully, these hired hands, these these false shepherds, he makes a promise in Ezekiel 34. It says this, For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. I will rescue them from all places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness." The Sovereign Lord says, all of these other sheep, they didn't care about the sheep. They weren't leading, they weren't protecting, they certainly were not sacrificing for the sheep. And so I will become their shepherd. The good shepherd is not just another human being. The good shepherd is God. Stepped into human flesh to lead to protect and ultimately to die to save us from the enemy, to save us of our sin. That is a good shepherd. The fourth thing that we see is that the good shepherd knows his sheep. The good shepherd knows his sheep. John 10, 14, right there. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Couldn't be any clearer. Earlier in John 10, it says he calls them by name. This is not an arbitrary knowledge 
like you and I know someone's phone number or someone's birthday or someone's house address. This is a deep, intimate knowledge. He knows his sheep. This is a sort of knowledge that we cannot comprehend. And the reality is, is Jesus knows you. He knows you because he made you. But even more so than knowing you, he knew you and still sacrificed his life for you. He knew everything about you, how sinful we are, and that he still came and sacrificed his life. The good shepherd knows you. The question is, do you know the good shepherd? I'm not talking about some sort of picture of Jesus in your mind, some image that fits everything that you want and you desire and you think the good shepherd should be. I'm talking the real good shepherd, the true Jesus, the, the shepherd who lovingly corrects and pulls us back to himself with his staff, the one who protects us from the enemy, the one who leads us and goes before us, the one who willingly laid down his life on the cross to forever defeat sin and death. Do you know that good shepherd? The one who deeply, intimately knows you and cares for you and loves you. Do you know that shepherd? Do you know that Jesus? As the band comes forward, I want to give you maybe three scenarios that you're in. Maybe you've never seen that Jesus. Maybe this is the first time you've heard of this shepherd, the good shepherd. Maybe you've been following what you thought were good shepherds, but were just hired hands who don't really care. He says, good shepherds, I know my sheep and I call them by name. Good shepherd is calling you by name. Will you hear it and follow? Will you look to the good shepherd and follow him? Maybe you've heard the name. Maybe at one point in time you were following the good shepherd, but somewhere along the way you've gotten distracted and your eyes got taken off of Jesus and you've wandered. And maybe you're just a little bit off the path, or maybe you are stuck in a thorn, stuck in a ravine, and you're lost. And you need to be rescued. Well, the Good Shepherd will rescue you. He will pull you back to Himself. Lovingly say, look to me, follow me. He's there ready to save you and bring you back to the fold. All you need to do is listen to his voice. Maybe you're following the shepherd and your eyes are on Jesus and that's awesome and that's great. 
And maybe you just need to stare in awe and amazement and just praise and worship the Good Shepherd for who He is. That God did not leave us to be under the care of some hired hand. Because I think it's pretty clear, as Ezekiel 34 showed us, we do not want to be under the care of a hired hand because it will lead to only death and destruction. And so maybe you're following the Good Shepherd and you just need to take some moments to stare at that glory and the beauty and, and praise the Good Shepherd. So which one of those are you? Do you need to be rescued and brought into the fold for the first time? Good Shepherd's calling your name. Maybe you've wandered. You've been a part of the fold with the Good Shepherd, but you've wandered, and you need to be rescued. Listen to His voice. He wants to rescue you, bring you back. Or maybe you just need to worship the Good Shepherd this morning. Whichever one that is, I would encourage you this morning to do so. You can either do that in your seats as the band leads us in the next song, or you can come down front. Myself and, and Dan will be up here, and we'll, we'd love to pray for you, encourage you. Whichever option. But know this, the Good Shepherd he leads, he protects, he sacrifices, but most of all, he knows and cares and loves you deeply. And that is good news this morning. Would you stand as we continue in worship? G.
Say.